Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast of the Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is, wait for it, the two-time, yes, two-time Perfectville Hall of Famer, Mr. Chris Cullen. Chris, I got it right. I remembered. How the hell are you, sir? Samuel, you you did you did great. Thank you so much, and it sounds uh, better every time I hear it. Thank you. Yeah, I just picture you smiling like you're just I was. You're concentrating. <laughs> you're waiting for the intro, and then the intro hits, and I finally hit it the way you uh, have deserved to be introduced here ever since you were a two-time Hall of Famer. And a big smile, like a big Cheshire cat, comes across your face. You just look like the Joker from the old cartoons in the 90s. I like to think of uh, Tim Curry in Home Alone 2, Lost uh, in New York. When he sees that the credit card is stolen, he looks up and smiles real big and the light turns on yeah that's that was me just now hair yeah, that, standing up the back of the neck that's probably the most obscure reference in the history of references <laughs> but uh, I, love how I had the name lost in new york like there's another home alone too then everybody in this age range that listens to the show absolutely grew up watching i mean you're welcome guys it's about a kid that gets lost in new york and two thieves try to break into a house that he puts traps everywhere you'd love it i believe they went from the wet bandits to the sticky bandits in that uh, <laughs> yes i remember shout out to the wet slash sticky bandits uh okay well here it is, man. It is episode 104. We are smack dab in the middle of OTA season, or as we like to call it, OTA. Yay! Uh, <laughs> and the reason why we're calling it OTA here, Chris, is because, uh, my gosh, Ryan Tannehill, um, you love him, you hate him. I think right now everyone is firmly in the camp of loving him because not only is he participating fully, uh, he's participating without a knee brace. He's out there with the rookies creating new relationships that will hopefully pay off during the regular season. What are your thoughts so far on the OTAs and Ryan Tannehill specifically? Well, without getting too excited, but it's OTAs, so let's get a little excited. Ryan Tannehill, no brace. That was the big thing. Slow motion running out uh, of the locker room on the field for the first time in a a year. And uh, the Miami Dolphins official Twitter page uh, posts, welcome back 17. And it's just like this monumentous thing. And uh, no knee brace. He's he's running around fine. He's not limited at all. Like He's completely fully cleared to do any kind of football activities when asked if he's going to throw on the run and, and still keep that part of his game. He just answered with, I am fully cleared to do all football activities. So, yes. Um, I think the cool thing is is the new guys getting tapped by the reporters to ask their opinion on it. Um, the couple of the linemen, Kilgore and Sitton, um, mentioned how they were very impressed with him throwing on the run, which us Dolphins fans know that's something that he does very well, even running to the left as a right-hander. That's pretty uh, good stuff that they're really impressed with. He's a leader in the huddle, outside the outside the huddle as well. And these are two grizzled vets that have played with multiple quarterbacks. Um, and then Albert Wilson, he comes from Alex Smith and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs, and he loves his ball. He loves the way he throws it. He, he spins it and puts it in good, good target. Uh, we're, we're hearing a lot about Albert Wilson and him and Tannehill are getting getting close and then um i think most exciting for me was the leadership stuff so um there's a video that surfaced from otas i think yesterday where he was literally walking through routes with mike jacecki our new rookie tight end second round pick from penn state showing him where to plant the foot showing him where to turn after eight yards where the ball's going to be 
course, Ryan knows how to run routes. So him to actually go out there and show him that and take that leadership, like you said, it's just going to pay off dividends with his uh, the new guys and the rookies as well. And, of course, he knows how to run routes because I don't know if you know this, Chris, but Ryan Tannehill used to play wide receiver in college. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not know that. That's actually a big surprise. That maybe it makes sense why he can run routes. I can't believe he's been in the league six years and no one has ever said anything about <laughs> not that. Not one announcer ever has yeah. said that. That's so weird. <laughs> People need to know about this stuff there, Chris. Um, do you have you you have any concerns about him not wearing the knee brace at all? I you know To me, it, it was kind of exciting to see, but I thought maybe it was a little bit of a, of a gimmick, meaning, you know, hey, I'm just going to show everyone how stable I am, and then I'm going to put the knee brace on when uh, when rubber meets the road. But I haven't seen him wear it at all. Do you think this is going to be a trend as they get into hitting and pads and, and preseason? And if so, is it the right move? Do you think there's an issue there at all? Are you concerned about stability, anything at all? No, I'm, I'm fine with it because I was nervous at first, but uh, he was asked in one of the press conferences by uh, Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, and he did confirm that he will be wearing the knee brace uh, during contact and during games. So he go. will be wearing it. Um, it, it. Ryan said it wasn't a thing, anything to do with a past injury. It really was just um, to help protect it against future injuries of the same kind so if Calais Campbell for example dives into his fucking knee again um this time he'll have a knee brace to hopefully offset any kind of a tear and maybe just be a sprain something like that so really it's just for precautionary reasons not even for the uh, previous injury so that's good to know he's just kind of jogging out there no pads red jersey on right now um getting a feel for it but he will wear the brace in games and one thing I guess it will bring up Sam is he does like to run tuck and run sometimes and uh, he's gonna need to start sliding that's for sure. But we saw J- Joe Flacco have some issues uh, <laughs> sliding. And if Alonzo wasn't smashing his fucking face in, um, where he would slide in a knee race kind of got caught in the ground. So he's going to have to practice that and uh, relearn things because he's never had to do it before. You know, it's, it, and that's a great point. Those are one of those weird things where you don't really think about it as a fan. And I'm not even sure you think about it as a player, but sliding, sliding as a quarterback, especially after, you know, the injury that he suffered a couple of years ago and wanting to protect your investment. Uh, so you think, yes, get down, slide so that they can't hit you. Number one, doesn't mean they can't hit you. It just means it's illegal for them to hit you. And Joe Flacco looked no further than that with Kiko Alonso last year. Right. And number two, like you said, he's now going to have this equipment on there that can realistically catch into the into the sod, especially in Miami. I mean, we have mm. notoriously bad uh, uh, yard work out there. So those are things that I, I haven't even really considered until you brought it up right then and there. So he is going to have to practice working around that knee brace once it's actually on. So uh, that's something to look out for as well. Um, I, speaking of Ryan Tannehill, though, one of the things that uh, you had mentioned was um, – the leadership and how impressed some of the new players are to be around Ryan Tannehill. And I think it's important. We talk a lot about coach speak and, and saying something without ever actually saying anything or saying a lot, but without any substance, coaches are great at that. Adam Gates can be really good at that when he needs to be. Um, but there's also player speak. And a lot of times in the past, if a quarterback isn't gelling with um, its offensive line or his uh, skill position players, you might hear a player say something along the lines of, yeah, we're just putting the work in right now. 
well. You know, there's a lot that goes into chemistry. That's why we do a lot of this practicing. Um, you know, I like where we're headed. Things like that. Just those are players speak for we're not on the same page. But when they're actually getting into the specifics of what he's doing well, mm-hmm. that tells me that he's doing well. You know what I mean? Like that's not player speak. That is, hey, this is what we're recognizing that he is doing extremely well, which is running and throwing the ball accurately, uh, which is, you know, commanding the huddle. There's specific tangible evidence that he is being that quarterback that people need him and want him to be uh, versus just, you know, this platitude of, hey, we're taking it one practice at a time. We're going to get there. You know, it takes time to develop chemistry, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Well, and it's one of those things where um, he had to sit and watch. He he mentioned in his press conference that that was the hardest thing is being out of the grind, uh, being in the trainer's room instead of on the practice field. Um, he said he was in the the uh, meeting rooms and helping with film and things like that, but it's not the same. Of course, anybody with a competitive edge knows that. You want to be out there playing, and this guy had to sit through an entire year watching um, his teammates play without him, and that's going to put a gigantic chip on his shoulder. So he's coming out. You know he worked hard. Um, I think one of the cool stories that came out, Sam, during OTAs was Raekwon McMillan and Ryan Tannehill had surgery the same exact day and started rehabbing the same exact day, and they challenged each other. They wanted to both uh, work harder. Raekwon McMillan mentioned that Tannehill uh, outworked him. Like it wasn't even close. That Tannehill just is a horse. He is the earliest guy in, late, latest, last guy to leave, you know, that old chestnut. So, I mean, he's busting his ass. He's proving it to everybody. Everyone knows how much he wants to be there. We got rid of some of the rah rah loud mouths in the locker room and now this is truly Gase's team and he's fully uh hitching his wagon to Ryan Tannehill and he's just um he's so far so good see that's the difference between you and I you're much more of an optimist than I am because you just said all that stuff about Ryan Tannehill being good and what I heard is Raekwon McMillan is a lazy piece of shit that's what I heard and now I'm worried about the linebacking core once again no I'm kidding uh what are your thoughts on Raekwon uh this like you'd mentioned in the past was basically a red shirt year his rookie year because of his injury um what, what are your thoughts on him have you seen anything on uh, him I've seen some stuff on Minka Fitzpatrick here on the OTAs but uh, I haven't paid too much attention to Raekwon which shame on me uh but but what have you heard coming out of OTAs so far with uh our young linebacking core? well I- I forget he's young, Sam. He did a interview, a press conference, and he is just uh, – he just sounds like a veteran, man. It's unbelievable. You can tell he played for a big school. He was a captain, and uh, he's just so well-spoken, such a leader. It's exactly what you want from a middle linebacker. He said it during the press conference, I think yesterday or maybe even Tuesday. He said, look, I'm the Mike. I'm the guy in the middle. I'm the quarterback of the defense. Um, I have to know – everything where guys are supposed to be where where they're going to be at and where I need to be uh, for my job everyone's talking about Minka everyone's talking about Jacecki a lot of people are talking about Baker um I think they're going to forget about and sleep on Raekwon McMillan especially other teams and other fans this guy is going to be unreal like he's just going to be unreal for us he has uh, worked his tail off uh, he and Ryan Tannehill had a friendly wager and competition to rehab uh, together, and they, he said he was instrumental in pushing him to come in every single day and, and get one extra rep and uh, you know one extra minute or one extra drill to strengthen his knee. And he's just going to be uh, lights out. And you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick. Having him back there, Rashad Jones has already said great things. It's nice to have him there. He's going to help us. Bobby McCann, McCain has already came out and said Minka has had multiple interceptions during 11 and 11s. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be might be a concern. <laughs> yeah, but Minka, I mean, a coach uh, came out today, Sam, and said he, it's like having Peyton Manning of your defense out there. The kid is smart. Like he is 
just football smart. Ed Reed tried to be a coach, um, and this is so hard to explain, but as somebody that played, I know exactly what he's getting at. Ed Reed was is a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Fame safety, but he said he can't coach because yeah. there's just things he can't describe because he is so good. Mentally, things just move faster in his brain and he's able to process it. And that's like Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not comparing him to Ed Reed, but that's the same kind of thing. He gets on the field and he may not be able to write it on the whiteboard, but he just there's tells or there's formations or the way receivers run routes that he's able to jump it and he is smart. So having him with Rashad Jones uh, with Raekwon in front of him in the, in the middle and allowing Alonzo to kind of move around some, I mean, it just it's exciting. The defense looks and sounds and feels so much better. And we're added some veteran leadership where we needed to with Robert Quinn. Um, Harris being in a second year, it's just going to be a whole different ball game. Well, speaking of Robert Quinn, I'll get back to him in here in half a second. But one of his uh, defensive linemen, Devon Godshaw, actually came out here, Chris, not too long ago. I saw a quote for him where he said that, OTAs this year are way more intense than they were last year. And you're talking mm. about uh, the same coaching staff in general, right? Same defensive coordinator, same offensive coach uh, in terms of Adam Gase. Um, but they're way more intense here. And there's probably a couple of reasons for that. A, an infusion of young talent, young uh, folks like Mika Fitzpatrick, Baker. And B, I think one of the things I've noticed about this coaching staff is that they tend to adjust to the weaknesses that have shown themselves right so we had bad tight end play we went and got Mike Jacecki we've had um, issues with our cornerbacks we revamped the entire defensive backfield things of that nature Uh, linebackers for the last uh, season and a half uh, same deal right so I I think one of the things that maybe they they pinpointed coming out of last year especially with it being a losing season uh, was maybe they needed to up the intensity a little bit and I think this coaching staff knows that maybe the seat isn't hot but if they have another down year it's definitely going to be warm and uh, I think maybe they're trying to prevent that by maybe adding a little bit more intensity and making sure that people are practicing to their utmost abilities and not slacking off a little bit. And I think part of that, part of that ties in with everything that we've talked about here during this offseason, Chris, which is that complete culture shock, that culture change. Some of the maybe um, bad habits of people like Indomitian Sioux, um, uh, Jarvis Landry, although I don't think he ever really you know took a playoff, to be honest. But some of those other guys, Mike Pouncey, uh, that maybe didn't need to practice or felt that uh, they were above practicing because they could turn that switch come game time, those are gone. And, it, and in its place is this prove-it mentality you better get out there and earn your spot every day. And for a second year player to have the same coaching staff, same coach, you know, same defensive scheme essentially go, oh, yeah, this one is way more intense than it was last year. Um, it could be a little bit of player speak, but at the same time, I, I think it's very telling as to uh, what is expected from this coaching staff, probably knowing that, again, two losing seasons in a row, and uh, there's going to be some questions asked of them. Yeah, this is Adam Gase's M.O. Uh, We got to the playoffs uh, his first year, and one of the big things that people pointed at was him cutting two well-known veterans in the middle of the season. Uh, That was a big eye-opener for some of the vets. Then what does he do? He goes out and really gets rid of Jarvis Landry and Dominican Sue. Um, And then you're T.J. McDonald, for example, and they go and draft Minka Fitzpatrick and bring him in, a guy that has played – under an NFL style type of coaching staff for all three years, a guy that won national championships. He's never lost. You bring in McMillan, you 
bring in um, Baker, two guys that have played national championships and started and performed their highest level during those big games against the Clemsons and Deshaun Watson in Alabama. Then you bring in a tight end from Penn State that played in front of 100,000 people in Big Ten games every Saturday matters. And these guys don't lose. They have not lost in college uh, maybe three, four games. They're not going to accept a six-win season. And you're bringing these guys in getting rid of Landry and Sue and uh, and Pouncey, and you're saying, look, here's the new guys. If you don't perform, you're out of here. So that's going to absolutely dial up the intensity. you got a young gun in Jacecki that's being touted as one of these big next Gronk-type tight ends. You know damn well Rashad Jones and McDonald and Xavier Howard are not going to want to get embarrassed by this kid. So they're going to go balls to the wall all out in practice. Then you got Minka Fitzpatrick. He's trying to make a name for himself and prove he fell too far in the first round. He's going to bring the intensity in every single play, and all that does is elevate everyone around them to be better players. So Adam Gase going out and getting these guys from big winning programs and infusing them into this team. We said this before. Um, Sam on the show, he's going to either live or die by these decisions, but God damn it, he is not sitting firm. He's not sitting on his hands, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if it pays off for him. No, he's definitely reshuffling the deck and seeing if he can get a better hand uh, year in and year out. And I, pl- I actually think that's the right approach. I mean, if you if you look at Don Shula, he went from a power running team to having Dan Marino and saying, yeah, I need to throw the ball. You know, <laughs> And he's a great coach. He's one of the greatest coaches in football history, obviously. And that's because he, he understands that the game had changed, that the talent uh, that he has and the skill sets that they had changed. And he rolled with it. And, uh, you know, that's, Belichick that's does what, it with a different running back every I, year and a different uh, set of receivers every year. You're right. you got to reshuffle and uh, keep some of the actual like uh, solid pieces, of, of course. But if you got to reshuffle, that just proves you're a good coach. And you you got to keep uh, ch- uh, churning the rocks and turning the roster and Belichick's done it for a long time too, Sam, where he, he would trade first and second round picks and just like unload and get just a huge pile of second, third, fourth round picks where he could just bring in the right people that fit the right pieces. And he's able to do that and and build this roster from underneath. And and Gay seems to be pointing in that same direction. Yeah. And building the roster the right way with the right people is something that we do here at Perfectville, but uh, we don't call it players or a roster we call them the citizens of perfectville chris and uh i think now is a good time to check in with the citizens and have a town hall meeting here as we always talk about give us a five-star rating and a review on apple Podcasts, formerly known as itunes and you yes you will qualify to get yourself an aronde baxton the official perfectville sip sack koozie and speaking of the citizens chris as we last reported we had ourselves a little bit of a civil war between trs sears or tr sears <laughs> And a gentleman by the name of Finsler. And the last we looked, T.R. Sears tore into Finsler. That was back in uh, mid-May, early May. And we've been off the air for about a week and a half now. And I am just looking at this right now, Chris. And not only do we have a response from Finsler, but we have a slew of new reviews here uh, that we need to talk about because people Ooh. are giving us five-star ratings and reviews and qualifying themselves for a Sipsack koozie, which, by the way, you can also purchase a Rondé Baxton on WelcomeToPerfectBuilt.com. Just click on the store and you will find it. Uh, you can't miss it because it's the only thing that we currently have in the store. Uh, but eventually we will have more swag coming into the season here for your uh, consum- consuming pleasure, Pleasure, I guess, is what I would say. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's get back to the reviews here. And uh, let's start with, before we get to Finsler, let's start with uh, the first five-star review. This comes from Jay Lasconis. Perfectville is the best. 
Love the show, guys. Best Fins podcast on the planet. Hopefully the Fins can make a splash this year, and I hope to go to a couple of games in my area. If I do, I will try to remember to make a perfect hill sign and show it on camera. Love the podcast. Go, Fins, go. I'm going to say this right now. If anybody gets a Perfectville or any of our Perfectville references on air during a national or or, or televised game, be it preseason, regular season, or hopefully postseason, and we know it's a Perfectville and you can prove that you are the person that got it on there with screenshots or, you know, screenshots and then photos of you before or after the game holding the sign, you'll get free stuff. Uh, I don't know what that free stuff will be. It might be Chris hanging out at your house for free. For sure. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, anybody gets Perfectville on CBS, ABC, Fox, whatever it may be, uh, you got a bunch of free swag coming your way. I don't care if I have to special order that stuff. We'll get you a free BFFB t-shirt, whatever it may be. <laughs> to be. Uh, now, here is uh, the next one here. Thank you, by the way, Jay Lasconis. Now, the next one came in on the same day, and this is what we've been waiting for. This is Finsler. This is his uh, response back, and... If you guys remember, he had mentioned uh, in his previous review here, Chris, love what you guys do. It's always fun to listen to, but still gives me my fix for Dolphins analysis. Keep up the good work. F the Jets, F Blomar, and most importantly, F T.R. Sears. Now, this is what (laughs) set off T.R. Sears previously. So Finsler has come back after T.R. Sears has ripped into him and says, I need an Aronde Baxton. You guys are great for your entertainment. Sorry, TRS ears. You come back. Your comeback on me was as soft as well, Jonathan Martin, and as predictable as well, a Joe Philbin-led offense. Irony in case I trust. Well, it's somewhat <laughs> of a comeback. I think he. Uh, I think he went easy on TR Sears there. Um, I- I'm going to go. If you had to guess, or, or if you had to judge, Chris between Finsler and TR Sears and their responses in their civil war here. If this is the end of it, who wins between Finsler and TR Sears? Uh, Finsler came out of first with the defense, so you got to give him bonus points for that. But Sears, um, yeah, he definitely was uh, <laughs> brutally honest. And the meh, I'll never forget it. Meh, three, three, three and a half stars, meh. Um, so Sears obviously is more memorable in that front as just the villain, but everybody likes a good guy. I mean, Finsler came, came to bat, and uh, them having a battle, I'll definitely call it a uh, 10-10 tie. Oh, I'm not going to sit on that fence. T.R. Sears roasted him. T.R. Sears, absolutely. <laughs> if we're talking between Finsler and T.R. Sears, don't get me wrong. I love me some Finsler, and I love the fact that Finsler threw that first grenade out there and just said, F him. But uh, between the two, T.R. Sears, oh, Sears came back like he was Tupac and hit him up. He just completely destroyed Finsler. And Finsler, you know what? To his credit, was kind of cool. It's like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. It's not that the greatest comeback, and I don't feel I need to defend myself any further. So I kind of I dig the low-key approach, but uh, if we're just talking hate and vitriol, Montreal, T.R. Sears, uh, by far, wins that battle. Uh, they didn't even know they were battling, though. So now I bet you Finsler comes back and uh, and does everything he can do. But moving on, we had a, yet another review here. Uh, it's called Top Notch Five Stars. And this is by Likelihood of That Happening, which is an odd name. <laughs> I don't know why that would be somebody's name, but it is. So is it Norwegian? I, it just seems like maybe they were typing an email for work and they accidentally got their fields mistaken and they put that in as their name to review our show on Apple Podcasts. But uh, uh, this is a, a great review here. A lot of words, so I'm going to uh, probably screw this up. But it says, definitely worth the listen each episode, as these guys are obviously fans, not only of the Dolphins, but of the science of football as well. They occasionally lapse into nonsense, which I personally find delightful, and more recently delved into battling trolls on their review section, which is exactly what we're doing right now, (laughs) which is a slippery slope into Grandpa Simpson-esque rants about how tying an onion to one's belt was the fashion at the time. One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere, like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville. 
I needed a new heel for my shoe. So I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. <laughs> uh, but hey, their obvious synchronicity and obvious joy talking football overshadows it quite effectively. Just beware one time Hall of Famer. Boom! Chris, truly dreadful Andy Bernard p- impression. It is a slap in the face of any fan of The Office. You know what? Likelihood of that happening, you, sir, are correct. I forgot that I stripped you of one of your Hall of Fame uh, inductees because of your terrible Andy Bernard impression of The Office. But I don't know if that was an official stripping or not, Chris. No, it can't be official. I have the jackets already sewn and uh, and fixed, and my bust is in Canton twice. So there's no way, unless you go in there and steal it, Big Tuna, you're not going to be getting that. Besides, I think the bylaws of the Perfectville Hall of Fame say the only people that can actually take people out of the Hall of Fame are Hall of Famers. So unless you're willing to take yourself out, I <laughs> not think jumping on that grenade, buddy. <laughs> yeah, not yet. But thank you very much. Likelihood of that happening, especially throwing in a Simpsons reference, my favorite show of all time. And he's right. We uh, we tend to to lapse into side conversations just like we're doing right now, Chris. So this guy knows us uh, very well. Yeah, he's a he's a longtime listener. Sounds like, and the likelihood of that happening of me losing my uh, one Hall of Famer is a zero, zilch, none. Well, speaking of this, I do have two more that I need to uh, to read off here, and one of them is highly suspect, Chris. And uh, I'm going to call shenanigans on not this one, but the next one, and I'll explain why here in just a minute. But the next one comes from Bossman AC, and I don't know who Bossman AC is, but it reminds me of the big boss man from the '80s WWF who went in a cage in Madison Square Garden against Hulk Hogan in one of a great epic match. Uh, but that was back in like 1989. He was such a great says, character. He was, man. He really was. But just a couple of bros talking about mediocre football is the title <laughs> of this. And I love it. I just started listening earlier this year, but I'm committed now. Given that I live up in Philly, it's pretty hard to get any Dolphin-related info. Hell, I was so desperate, I would think that I'd have taken the Finsiders back. Oof, new personal low. Anyway, the podcast is funny because they can actually joke about how mediocre this team will forever be, unlike some other podcasts that make me want to put on some Alanis Morissette, dim the lights, and chug a bottle of Lexapro. Jesus. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Keep up the good work. Now, please send an Aronde Baxton so I can sneak it on top of the Rocky statue. Philly Adam, holy oh, shit! Oh man, that's gotta that's gotta happen. That is an idea that my I did not grandfather think of. is not is no longer living, uh, but he's a huge Eagles fan. Um, always shit talked the Dolphins and called us uh, fish, you know, stuff like that. He didn't get to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl, which is hilarious to me. And if you knew my grandfather, you would understand. He was a drunk and hilarious, and we shit on each other all the time. Uh, but my mother was born in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and the Eagles really is kind of like her number two team. She kind of just isn't into football. But if uh, we got a picture of a Rondé Baxton on the Rocky statue, that would be hilarious. Okay, this is the new campaign, and I put this out there about getting a sign-on during a game that says Perfect Bill. If you get an Aronde Baxton and you have pictures of Aronde Baxton, our official merchandise, the Sipsack Koozie, around any sort of American iconic statue or, you know, touristy spot, I don't care if it's the Vegas Strip, I don't care if it's the Grand Canyon, the Rocky statue, uh, anything, that big bean that's in Chicago, whatever the fuck, <laughs> and you send it to us either on Twitter, where you can find us at Pod. 
or at uh, Instagram, Perfectville Podcast, or you just email it to us, perfectvillepodcast at gmail.com, you're going to get free stuff. That's the new campaign. Yeah. Get the word out there. Just Let's just do this virally, man. Let's just get that out there. If you guys can get Aronde Baxton, if, if, if Philly Adam, if you can get Aronde Baxton onto the Rocky statue, you will forever be my hero, and you will be inducted into the Perfectville Hall of Fame. Now, I'll throw that out there right now. I'll bypass my own nomination of me next year to put Philly Adam in if he can make that happen. Yeah, that's such an iconic statue. Um, I mean, just for good and bad, both, uh, of course, the movies are great movies, Oscar winning. And it's um, it's funny, too, if you listen to Bill Burr shit on Philadelphia talking about how they uh, idolize a uh, fictitious person. It's like he, he he beat Mr. D because it's in the script. It's not like he really did. And like it's iconic to uh, to the Philadelphians. So to put uh, the Ronde backs down in there would be absolutely hilarious. And now I'm going to Orlando in a few months. I'm trying to think of. What I could do with that, I guess uh, I can put uh, put it on uh, the mummy. I can maybe put it on Harry Potter, Hogwarts. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun figuring out a cool, cool places to put a Ronde. Put it on Mickey's dick. I don't even know what that means, oh, but hi, um, guys. <laughs> that's pretty good. That was better than your Andy Bernard. I like that. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> All right, so uh, the last one that I want to read. We had a lot of reviews, like I mentioned here. Um, this one's suspect. It says, five stars, amazing podcast, and it's by It's Your Boy, Zach. Now, hmm. I'm curious, Chris, is this your boy, Zach? Because you have a son named Zach. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, oh. like, I have trouble. Um, he has trouble uploading his own streamed videos to his YouTube page. So I very highly doubt that he went on the iTunes to uh, leave us a review. But after I hear the grammar of the actual review, well, I'll be the judge of it a hundred percent. Well, I will. Uh, I will say if it is him, he's hilarious it's because this is a great there. review. It says, put, uh, "Is it with an H or with a K?" It is with an H. Mm, okay. All right. So it says, uh, I've been a Miami Dolphins fan all my life and honestly never found a podcast about my favorite team that I enjoyed. But Perfectville is extremely entertaining and informing. I eagerly, I eagerly wait for each episode. Dan Marino is better than Troy Aikman. That's just the random <laughs> fact thrown in. Definitely at the not end. my son. He doesn't even know who <laughs> Troy Aikman is. And he has not been a Dolphins fan his whole life, has been documented on this show. That's true. Okay. You know what? You've, you've convinced me that this is just another uh, boy named Zach. Uh, but five stars. Thank you very much, Zach. Uh, get a hold of us. Email us your, your, uh, your actual address at perfectvillepodcast at gmail.com. And I will make sure to send out a Perfectville sip sack koozie, Mr. Arande Baxton, to your house. And those are the reviews this week here, Chris. The Citizens of Perfectville came out strong in the last week and a half. Gave us a ton of reviews, ton of ratings. And uh, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Anybody that takes time out of their day just to say something nice. It's like Sam and I have said before. I mean, we don't get paid for this. Uh, we enjoy doing it. I'm sitting in a third bedroom with my microphone stacked on board games right now. So, I mean, just to hear that someone got some entertainment out of us shooting the shit is always uh, is always nice. Uh, well, that was depressing. That that, that <laughs> you just uh, I'm cool sitting in a sounds. basement. It could be on my desk. It just I don't want to you know bend down and talk into the mic. It's nice to stack it and have it face level. So, but it's not because I'm you know living in a dumpster or something. Uh, yeah, you're 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 actually recording inside of your own junk drawer right now. It, I, I, I I can I guess the games. I, I want to sure, know what yeah. games. Do you have? Is it There's guess four who? of them? There's four. Okay, connect four. Nope. Damn it. Guess who? Nope. Monopoly. No. The Game of Life. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Trouble. Nope. Uh, fuck, I'm out of games. I don't know. What What four games is, is your microphone currently stacked on? From bottom to top, it is uh, Apples to Apples. Ooh, that's a good game. 
High in the Face. Oh, yes, I know that one. That's Yep, that's for Zach. Yep. Harry Potter Seen It. Okay. And uh, Star Wars Pictopia. It is a I, picture trivia game. This is riveting radio. Us just reading off board games. We'll take games. a picture, and we can post it on Twitter, too. It is, uh, will be confirmed. You know what? Take a picture of it with your microphone on top of it. And you know what? Let's post it to Twitter, but let's also post it. I'm going to announce this right now. Uh, we've actually started a Facebook page for the podcast. It's facebook.com slash Podcast. Now, that doesn't seem important to a lot of folks, I guess. And you're like, well, why would we need to follow you on Facebook? Here's why you want to follow us on Facebook. Number one, the podcast, if you're on Facebook, will automatically, and if you're not on Twitter, it will automatically be loaded to Facebook if you like us on there. Number two, you never know. Both Chris and I are, are going to be the admins of this page. We might just jump on and do Facebook Live and talk about whatever's going on on that day. So we do the podcast roughly once a week. Uh, we could be on Facebook Live any and every single day of the week if we really want to, talking about the Miami Dolphins, taking your comments, taking your questions, responding to anything and everything that you guys want us to talk about right there in the flesh. And number three, if you are following us on Twitter, you might have seen a little five-second teaser that I sent out there about the return of my old football show called Predictably Drunk. Uh, it's now under the guise of Perfectville. Uh, it's probably, eh, maybe, rumors being that it might be housed on the Facebook page come the regular season. So there's all kinds of reasons to actually follow us on Facebook, like the page. You're going to get additional content, additional stuff about the Miami Dolphins, additional stuff about uh, Sam and Chris on there as well, as well as maybe some other appearances that you and I have made, because you and I are frequently guests on other podcasts, Chris. Like, for example, recently... I was a podcast guest for uh, Rams Talk, which you can find at ramstalk.net. And we actually talked about the Miami Dolphins at length for about 30 minutes. I ripped into our team. I loved our team. And then I ripped them again. So everybody who likes this show could actually go on there and find an extension of uh, the Miami Dolphins Perfectville persona that I have for ramstalk.net. So a special shout out to them. Um, what do you think about this, Chris? Uh, it's just, We're expanding the we're annexing some land from other areas and expanding the town of Perfectville here. I love expansion. Uh, it's just proof into pudding that um, you know we're we're reaching crazy levels of fans and, and folks that are listening. So uh, any way that we can get any more content is fun. Uh, doing those Facebook Live videos is cool because there's times where me and you maybe just did a podcast and then something breaks a day later. It's um, happened. It's, it's definitely happened. happened. <laughs> we've actually done some emergency podcasts, but yep. there's also times we've got to kind of wait and it's died down a little bit when we recorded a week later. So being able to just kind of hop on and be like, Hey guys, it's Chris. I can't believe that so-and-so got traded. That's going to be you know big news for us in week six and their bye week blah, blah, blah. And we can be able to just throw that out there and add more content. Um, everybody living in this digital age knows that uh, content, Content is king, YouTube uh, videos, Facebook videos, um, tweets, and what have you. So it's cool to be able to add more things to our repertoire. I actually think when Arian Foster retired yes. a couple of seasons ago, we had just uh, literally just fi- finished recording a podcast, and then the news broke, and we actually had to go back and re-record the whole thing because it was just too big of a news story to not um, sit on for a week or two when we were going to record next. So yeah, it happens. And this way, uh, we have additional content for you beyond just what the podcast is. So uh, it's going to be great all the way around. If you're on Facebook, just find us at facebook.com slash podcast, all one word, and uh, check it out, man. It's going to be a lot of fun on there but speaking of content you're right content is king and we've been basically verbally filleting ourselves here for the last five to ten minutes so why don't we get back to the subject at hand and that of course is the miami dolphins and the otas or as we like to call them the otas and i want to focus on the running backs here for a moment here chris we've got uh, a nice mix of veterans and young folks and 
a rumor came out here recently, and probably because this guy started this rumor, of maybe another veteran joining the mix. And that, of course, is Adrian Peterson, once the baddest man on the planet when it came to running backs, now at the tail end of his career, uh, kind of doing the old man tour around the league where he's getting picked up and cut and moved on to another team. Uh, he came out here, I guess, recently, Chris, and said that uh, he thought the Miami Dolphins would be a good fit for his skill set. Um, yeah. Wh- what the fuck is this all about? I, this came out of left field. Yeah, I don't know if he uh, has never heard of Kenyon Drake or Frank Core, um, or he's just not paying attention that we've even signed those guys. But um, yeah, he came out and mentioned a couple of teams, and Miami was one of them. And it kind of just struck like um, you know explanation point from Metal Gear Solid. Just, whoop, you're like, what? Why would you mention Miami? Like we have Kenyon Drake, who's uh, you know finished the season with a semi decent offensive line and no quarterback play last year. He he did hella great. We have this uh, guy named Frank Gore, who has just been playing like an um, absolute monster. Which, by the way, someone came out, one of the uh, media people that saw these guys in person on the field, and said that there's no doubt Frank Gore is the most in shape person on the team that's not named Cam Wake. Like he is just jacked beyond belief um i follow him on social media even on our off days he is doing the ladder drills he's working out this guy has something to prove still and wants to end his career on a bright spot in miami his hometown and then we drafted uh Balage from arizona state and this kid has a ton of upside with the pick that we got for the jhi trade so um yeah there's no room for you adrian peterson especially 30 plus year old adrian peterson with bad hips or knees there's just no room at all for you unless you're going to play right guard yeah i mean if this was 2009 sure, and we had yeah. frank gore and adrian peterson i mean <laughs> and it would be an unstoppable two-headed monster but this is 2018 you know we're talking nine years later and if I have to choose between Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson at this stage of our careers we're going with Frank Gore for the all the reasons you just mentioned number one way better locker room presence way better veteran to learn from I think other than uh rather than Adrian Peterson number two I've seen the videos of Frank Gore working out and this guy is an absolute workout warrior um and you talk about installing good habits into your younger players I don't think there's a better person to instill these other than Frank Gore right now currently in the league in terms of a veteran running back the guy could just basically do everything and he does everything he, he reminds me a little bit of like Chase Utley for the Los Angeles Dodgers and that he's 38 39 years old he's still producing on some level you have to limit the amount of playing time that he has but what he does for the rest of the roster especially the younger people behind him on how to be there every day how to be a pro how to approach coaches with suggestions versus you know maybe somebody like an oh I don't know Jay Ajayi just storming out because he didn't get 30 carries and a win <laughs> you know just how to conduct yourself as a professional the right way uh, uh, there's nobody better than Frank Gore, and you said it. You hit it right on the head. There's no room for you, Adrian Peterson. I mean, I don't know. Unless he wants to retire and he was just throwing out random cities, yes, Miami would, would be a good fit for you to <laughs> sit on South Beach. Um, but, um, well, pardon the pun, but I don't think we're beating anybody new if we have Adrian Peterson on the team. I don't see where he helps the team. Yeah, no, and Frank Gore is a quintessential pro. You mentioned his presence in the locker room, and that's going to help not only the running backs, it's going to help Ryan Tannehill. Like, yep. you know how yep. well it's going to be to have this guy next to you on a shotgun, and he sees a third and five, and he sees a blitz formation he's seen before, and he, he lets him know, or he knows to be in the right place to pick up that blitz and uh, help the pocket for Ryan Tannehill. That's just going to help their discussion on the sideline. It's going to help Adam Gase. Um, having his presence, the first thing he did when he signed with the Miami Dolphins, uh, they interviewed him. The team did. The actual 
uh, MiamiDolphins.com, their Twitter page, and they asked him about Kenyon Drake. I, I mean, obvious competition. And the first thing he says is he can't he he can't wait to uh, talk to them him and help him on and off the field. Like what? Like what guy says that? You know, and Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, he's got the stuff on the sideline with the Saints where he's staring down um, the, the co- coach there, Peyton, and he is, you know, wanting more carries. It sounds a lot like an older Jay Ajayi, yep. um, you know, it, who was back in the news, by the way. He uh, came out and said he wants uh, Ajayi, Ajayi, I mean, said he wants to be a workhorse back again. Um, dude just won a Super Bowl and he's still about him. Like, I mean, you can just see every time something else new happens, you can see why Adam Gase did what he did um, but if you compare the two we'd much rather have frank gore and it's going to be more beneficial to Kenyon drake's future as well yeah i agree and and look no further than the fact that i have friends that are both vikings fans and 49ers fans and when we signed frank gore the 49er fans like man i was really hoping he'd come home and have one last season with the 49ers Damn. we missed the guy number one number two he can still contribute quite a bit especially to somebody like a jimmy garoppolo kind of along the lines of ryan Tannehill, like you'd mentioned and number two when i talked to a friend of mine who's a vikings fan and said what do you think about adrian peterson being out there he's like i don't want him anywhere near my team we've mm. got a good thing going on we don't need him yes he's a legend but he is gone he's wasted um you know not wasted but he's basically damaged goods at this point both from a pr perspective and just as a player uh so that's all you need to know. I think you know you, you take a litmus test of the fans themselves, and one guy is in high demand for his old team, and one guy is not. Um, and there you go, man. So, uh, Chris, anything else going on? What else is going on with the Miami Dolphins right now that uh, that we should be addressing here during the OTA episode? Yeah, the last thing I really have. Um, well, I have two things actually, Sam. One's a kind of a jokey thing, and we'll do that second. Um, I like ending on a funny note. But uh, Danny Amendola came out today and said that the wide receiver crew has a lot to prove. Um, it, it, which is interesting because on paper you're looking at it and you're like, no, these are all like, you know, pros that have, you know, thousand yard season, things like that. But if you actually break it down with a microscope, he's absolutely right. And we can go oh, down yeah. a list of Devonte Parker, like he's ton, a ton to prove. Of course, um, the, it, the reports have come out on NFL network that the Miami Dolphins brass is counting on his good 2016 season with Ryan Tannehill and getting number 17 back, um, as something that they're looking forward to and hoping that he steps back up and falls right back where he was especially with Landry not taking a lot of the time and catches um, to to play better. Stills has a lot to prove. He's a big contract, and now Landry's gone. So, you know, is he going to step up and have success with the deep ball with Tannehill again? You've got uh, Wilson coming from the Chiefs, who, by the way, is just like all anyone's talking about. He is just turning dog shit into uh, filet mignon. Armando uh, Saguero said on the 25-yard line, going towards the end zone. So we're almost in the red zone. Um, he took a short screen pass and took it all the way to the house. Like unbelievably impressive, his speed, his agility, um, making guys miss like just Albert Wilson is the talk of camp right now, but he has a lot to prove. He got a decent contract. He left his former team and, um, it's time for him to step up and he's replaced in possibly Jarvis Landry's production. Then Danny Amendola himself, he's coming from the Patriots. What's everyone going to say? Are you going to do good without Tom Brady? Are you going to do good without Bill Belichick? tons to prove from all these guys and it falls perfectly in line Sam what we were talking about in the beginning of the episode um, of bringing that intensity and guys with chips on their shoulder coming in all working together for one common goal and that is a veteran who has things to prove himself, like you had mentioned, but he's a veteran that actually has some pedigree behind him because he has had success and other te- with other teams in this league that the young guys on the team have to respect his opinion. And I think that is the definition of a leader. I was actually really encouraged to see him say that because he's right. I think if you look at our wide receiving 
core. There's a lot of potential there, but it's something that we're not going to know what they are until the end of the season. It's it's a wait and see approach as to if they're uh, an A, a B, a C, a D, or an F. But anybody who says that they have question marks about the Miami Dolphins and, and their wide receiving core is absolutely correct. And he's right. Yeah. There's a lot out there to prove. And a lot of that has to do with Ryan Tannehill coming back. A lot of it has to do with how Devontae Parker responds because he is the physical freak of this wide receiving core. Uh, can Kenny Stills do something other than run real fast, real straight, and catch the ball occasionally down, you know, uh, down the down the way? Um, can Danny Amendola bring it during the regular season with somebody not named Tom Brady? Like you would mentioned, all of those things and more. Leontay Carew, what's he got going? Can Jakeem Grant. Grant. Yeah. Grant, can he, you know, ride the rides at Disney World uh, during the off season. There's a <laughs> lot so to prove. That's so funny you said that. I was just showing Charlotte a video yesterday of Kevin Hart with Jimmy Fallon at Universal Orlando when they're doing his show there for the week and they rode Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, which is this crazy amazing roller coaster that plays music and um, as they're walking in line, the obviously staged worker stopped Kevin Hart and made him uh, measure before he got on the roller coaster and he got pissed off. So that's hilarious you said that about Jakeem Green. <laughs> well, speaking of Kevin Hart, I actually just opened for his ex-wife uh, doing stand-up. And uh, all I will say is that uh, talent is obviously not a sexually transmitted disease. Um, that stuck well, with him. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave it God at that. <laughs> She's never listening to this. She's I not listening not. to this. <laughs> we yeah. have another Miko on our hands tweeting at us and blocking uh, us. That's fine. This is the best uh, thing that could ever happen to us. Well, um, while we're laughing, Sam, one last thing. Um, I wonder if you caught this and I wanted to talk to you about it. Did you see that Xavier Howard mentioned that he has not watched game tape until he got to the NFL? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's no. unbelievable. They asked him and he said, yeah, he's got a lot to learn. He's still growing. Um, and he kind of doubled down on it and said he didn't start watching game film until he got here to the Miami Dolphins, uh, which is he's just been playing off his natural ability, I guess. And that's exciting um, because he's that good and he's able to go from college to the NFL. But it just shows, I think, how better he much better he can be. Uh, and he admitted it. I mean, it wasn't like he was joking about it. he admitted, um, you know, I'm going to start. I'm, I've been watching film. I've been breaking things down and the game's slowing down for me. And that's going to uh, help me more. As we know, he had a really good last year picking off Tom Brady multiple times and just showing up in big games. Um, but that's just hilarious to me. We had film watching study in high school, so I, I cannot believe he didn't watch any kind of tape in college. Uh, but that's that's funny to me. It shows you the disparity between the college football game and the pro game. And it, like we've talked about it ad nauseum, not just us, everyone, anyone that's ever watched Monty the game Parker knows. Is, is it, key it, to that. Bingo, bingo. I mean, you can get by through college without even studying um, <laughs> as long as you have the physical attributes that you have. But once you get to the pros, if you aren't watching game film, if you're not finding tendencies, if you're not finding, you know, issues with your with your backpedal or whatever it might be that you would, you know, you're watching and looking for, you're going to get burnt and you're, you're not going to be in the league that long. That's where the NFL stands for not for long. So and, and one aspect it's encouraging uh, that he's actually looking at game film now. But at the same time, it is alarming that he didn't watch it until he became a pro because you're absolutely right. I mean, I watch game film and I haven't played football since I was in middle school. So, <laughs> you know, that's crazy to me that I'm watching more game film than this uh, starting cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. But uh, you know, maybe just didn't have good Wi-Fi in college. You know how those dorm rooms are. There's just maybe there was nowhere for him to actually plug in and, and watch the game film. Do you ever yeah. think about that, yeah. Chris? Yeah, but that might be it. You're, you're absolutely right. But as a two-time Hall of Famer that stacks his microphone on uh, board games, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. I have the luxury of Wi-Fi, my friend. Uh, well, we'll let you get back to playing Pictionary Harry Potter style or whatever it is Pictopia. that you're playing. Uh, excuse me. My, my, uh, 
my bad. But uh, anything else you want to talk about here on this edition of uh, the walk around town here, Perfectville? My notes are exhausted, man. I'm done. Well, I am done too, which means there's only one last thing to say, and that is, of course, goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Perfectville. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.